The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Good morning. Everyone, this is the other side of midnight. I'm Frank Morano. We are moments away from being joined in studio by comedian, author, screenwriter, dentist Jeffrey Gurian. Uh, it is always a treat to talk with Jeffrey Gurian. I'm looking forward to talking with him. If you have questions or comments for Jeffrey, you can give us a call 1 800 848 WABC. I also really enjoyed being able to talk with Larry Sharp, who's running now, I guess, as a write in candidate for governor, unless the New York State Court of Appeals returns him to the ballot this week, but I heard from a lot of people that said uh, they like Larry Sharp and they're kind of on the fence between either voting for him or writing Larry Sharp in or voting for Lee Zeldin. They wish they could hear more from Lee Zeldin. That's why I want to tell you about this event that is happening this Friday featuring Lee Zeldin. It is a town hall meeting this Friday morning, 10 a.m. October 7th at 100 West 77th Street in Manhattan at Columbus Avenue. So it's a town hall where Zeldin is apparently going to answer questions from voters. You don't have to be a mom to attend. You don't have to be a parent to attend. But the focus, at least in terms of issues that he's going to be focusing on at this event, is primarily education. Uh, They're going to be talking about the uh, SHSAT, the Specialized High School Exam. He wants to keep that. I completely agree with that. They're going to be talking about curriculum transparency. They're going to be talking about the COVID mandates, protecting parents' rights, a whole bunch of other things. So if you're interested in learning more about Lee Zeldin, whether you're a supporter and you just want to meet him, maybe take a picture, or you are a detractor or you're undecided between uh, Zeldin and Hochul or Zeldin and uh, Larry Sharp or whatever the case may be, come armed with some serious questions and challenge him. Challenge him to show what his educational agenda is all about. Again, uh, that is this Friday, 10 a.m., October 7th. 100 West 77th Street at Columbus Avenue. If you have questions about the event or you don't have to pre-register, it's free. You can just go. But if you have questions about the event or anything like that, you can email. The contact is moms4zeldon at gmail.com. That's moms, the number four, zeldon at gmail.com. I am going to, in all likelihood, be sound asleep at that time. If not, then uh, I will be on the way to Atlantic City, so I will not be there. But uh, I'm looking forward to hearing from many of you about how well it went. So have fun. It's uh, this Friday, 10 a.m., 77th and Columbus. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Good morning, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. We've been talking a lot about the importance of local news sources and avoiding news deserts and why that's not only a good thing for the consumer of news, but it's a good thing for democracy in local communities in general. In that vein, I have watched over the last few years the horrible decline of the New York Daily News. The New York Daily News, whether you agree with whatever editorial board was in control of the paper at the time or not. The New York Daily News was once a great paper. It had tremendous sports coverage, tremendous local coverage, great opinion columnists. It was a wonderful newspaper. And now these days, it's, uh, I don't want to disparage anybody that works there, but it's a lot of garbage. It's basically nothing. It's basically rehashed stories that you could see in any other paper and not nothing very special at all. Well, apparently, 
The New York Daily News is planning to shift its coverage priorities towards producing more local content about issues impacting New York City. That's according to a memo sent to staff yesterday morning by the newspaper's executive editor, Andrew Julian, and their general manager, Michael Gates. The Daily News apparently sees an opening to cover its hometown in the wake of a few larger national publications pulling back in print. The Wall Street Journal, they shut their Greater New York section. The New York Times, they stopped publishing their Metro section in print at the start of the pandemic. So there is an opportunity for a quality local print newspaper. And hopefully the Daily News will be that newspaper. Look, the Daily News has attacked me repeatedly. I think they've called me a hack with a talent for wasting taxpayer money. They've called me a court jester. They've called me every name in the book. And that's great. Because at least they're covering local goings-on in New York politics and in New York government in general and even beyond government. There needs to be local news coverage, even if the editorial bent of that coverage is stuff that I happen to disagree with. The company is planning to expand the number of pages in its daily print edition by 16 percent by adding more local news content. And uh, it's hard to say whether a newfound commitment to local news will help the paper compete for eyeballs in this climate uh, with everybody else in the world going in a more digital direction. But as somebody that still gets the New York Daily News on the weekend, I will tell you, I am rooting for them. And uh, I am absolutely hoping that this works because we need more local news coverage. Beam me up. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. On this day, I always get a little nervous because once a month it is report card day, as was the case yesterday in the New York area, where we got our ratings for the month of September. And I am pleased to tell you that I can breathe a sigh of relief. I always always feel as if I can wipe my brow and say, all right, because I am pleased to tell you that for the month of September, our show is once again number one in all of New York City, any station, AM or FM, in the category of 12 plus. What that means is any radio listener over the age of 12, which is just about every radio listener. And uh, we have smoked the competition. We did what they call an 11.7 share. That means out of every 100 radios in the New York area right now, almost 12 of them are tuned to me right now. And I'm mentioning this not to brag. Oh, by the way, our numbers in the category of men 35-64 also very strong. You always have people that love to say, oh, your audience is old, your audience is old. We're number four in men 35-64, which is a very coveted uh, demographic by advertisers. We did a 7.3 share in that category. And I'm mentioning this for two reasons. One, to thank you. Uh, Two, because I am incredibly relieved that we have now been number one in all of New York, AM and FM, for 11 straight months. 
and I hope this continues for a while. I don't know of another station that has had a day part this dominant for this long. Maybe it's possible with one of the music stations, but I don't think any day part has seen the kind of dominance that WABC has had in the overnights for 11 straight months, at least in quite some time. Certainly not any show that's on the air right now, but I'm mentioning this as well because we do things a little bit differently on this show. My hope is that other radio stations around the country and other radio stations in this city will see the success that we're having smoking the competition, including some very strong competition, not only on AM, but FM as well, and say, all right, we don't have to take this same sort of cookie-cutter approach to talk radio that everybody else is taking, and we can do things a little bit differently. We can be a little creative. I'm also very grateful to management, especially our ownership, John Katsimatidis and Margot Katsimatidis, for giving me the opportunity to do zany things on the radio, for not micromanaging every single thing that I do, and for giving us the freedom to be creative and giving us the freedom to fail, which is sometimes even more important than the freedom to succeed. So thank you to everybody in management. Thank you especially to ownership. This is the only job I've ever dreamed of, and I'm thrilled uh, that so many of you seem to be enjoying it as well. Thank you especially to everybody listening. Hopefully, another 11 months of number one ratings dominance is coming. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. One more hour to go. Don't even think of touching that radio dial. On Friday, the first hour of the program, we do Ask Frank Anything, where people can call in with questions about anything. And a woman called in last week and said, I'm paraphrasing here. She basically said, you're Mr. Staten Island. You know all about Staten Island. What is happening with that ferry boat that Pete Davidson and Colin Jost purchased to open as a comedy club? Well, we do have an update on that situation. Some articles came out yesterday, coincidentally, I guess a lot of people were wondering what the story is with this, and Colin Jost and Pete Davidson, who are best known for being cast members from Saturday Night Live, they revealed over the weekend that the decommissioned Staten Island Ferry that they purchased will be named Titanic 2. Jost said on Late Night with Seth Meyers, quote, this is why idiots should not be allowed to do things. <laughs> Pete and I bought this boat, and like there's so many immediate decisions you have to make, you have to create a financial entity to deal with this boat. And so we're on a call, and I'm just like, all right, well, how about Titanic 2? So the boat is called Titanic 2. Hopefully it ends better than Titanic 1 did. They purchased this from the city for $280,000, we still don't have a timetable for when this is going to be open as a comedy club, but uh, their business partner, real estate broker Paul Italia, uh, they said that they are going to turn this into an entertainment value. They're going to turn this into an entertainment venue, but the details on the boat's final location are so far pretty hard to come by. Uh, they basically said that it's docked. And that it's tied down. So we don't know any of the details on that. By the way, we also have the National Psoriasis Foundation walk at the Bronx Zoo that I'm going to be participating and participating in and emceeing. If you want to join my team or make a donation to our efforts in the walk, I have brand new Frankfurter T-shirts that I have had printed for all the members of my team. You can just go to my Facebook page. I have the link on there. Facebook.com slash Morano Fan. 
Click uh, join my team and uh, you can sign up and walk with us. Or if you don't feel like walking, you'll feel like coming all the way out to the Bronx. You can just find my name or any of the other people on my name and make a donation to anybody that's on our team. So I hope to see a lot of you out there at the Bronx Zoo. Oh, and by the way, includes free admission to the Bronx Zoo. So you can see the animals and everything. It's going to be a really fun day. October 16th. It's a Sunday. Beam me up. To be continued.